And we've seen that Jesus is greater than religion. Um, He's greater than the government. He's greater than our fears. Uh, He's greater than our mistakes. Um, A couple weeks ago, we looked at uh, that he's greater than the giants that we face in this life, any giant that we face. But this morning uh, morning is one that I believe every single one of us uh, deals with as well. Uh, this morning, our, our, our message this morning is that Jesus is greater than our hurts, our hurts. Um, I don't know of anyone who has never been hurt in life. I'm not talking about a physical hurt. I'm talking about a, like a betrayal, a, a, a hurt like that. Whether it's been from a family member, um, a coworker, um, someone we thought was our friend and sadly and unfortunately even uh, hurt by a church. Um, you know, even as parents, we'd love to be able to uh, protect our children from being hurt, and we can do all we can to prevent that. But one day, uh, they will even experience hurt from someone. And um, betrayal is a, is a violation of trust, right? When we, are, uh, we feel that hurt, we feel that betrayal, um, and it's that violation of trust, which is why the, the more you trust someone who has uh, who betrays you, the harder it is to get healing over it. Um, when you have trusted someone and then that person betrays you or hurts you, it's, it's very hard to, to get over that. And uh, when we're betrayed and hurt, we can get angry. Uh, it can lead even to depression. Uh, and sometimes we kind of, we wonder why this person would have done this to us. We kind of turn it, turn it inward and turn it back to ourselves, thinking, you know, what's wrong with me that this person would have done this to me? Um, and so every one of us goes through hurt sometime and uh, it can make us feel insignificant. It can make us feel unimportant. Um, you know, it, it lowers our self-esteem uh, because we, we feel like, why did this have to happen to me? And uh, why did this person who I... I thought was trustworthy or someone that I could trust, why did, why did they hurt me this way? Why did, they, why did I experience this betrayal? Or it could be, on the other hand, um, maybe we're the ones who have hurt someone. Maybe we're the ones who have betrayed someone or maybe we have violated that trust that someone had in us. Uh, again, I don't, I don't think there's anybody that has not been hurt and I don't think there's anybody that has not hurt someone. We're all guilty of both of those, those things, every single one of us. And I was thinking as reading through the scripture, and obviously if we would think of the, probably in the, the Bible, the, the story or the passage that we would think that of the greatest passage that deals with hurt and betrayal, I think everybody would say, oh, Judas betraying Jesus. And of course, we know that that, that happened. And we'll look at that a little bit more in a moment. But I think... One that we might be able to kind of see a little bit more clearer. Obviously, we understand that Jesus is the Son of God. He's God. We could say, well, that's, that was easy for him, you know, whatever. He's, he's just, you know, he's God. He, you know, what about us? So let's, let's take a couple of men through Scripture. Um, in Genesis chapter 37, you don't have to turn there. But in Genesis chapter 37, we have the story of Joseph and of course, I think many of us are familiar with this passage where Joseph is uh, one of the younger of, of the 12 brothers. Of course, Benjamin was younger, but Joseph was one of the younger ones, but he was the favorite. He was the one that, uh, that Jacob made the coat of many colors, and, and uh, Joseph is going out one day to look for his brothers, and he can't find them, and uh, someone tells them where they're at, and so Joseph goes, and, and while, while Joseph is coming to him, his brothers see him. 
And, and, and his brothers have such a, a hatred for their, for their brother, Joseph. This is what they say. They said, come now and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. And we will say some evil beast hath devoured him and we shall see what will become of his dream. So think about this. Here is your own brothers and they're talking about killing you. These are your brothers and they're saying, let's kill him. Now, I hope nobody's ever said that about me. <laughs> Man, let's kill that dude, right? I, I, I hope that nobody's ever said that about you. Man, this guy, we hate this guy so much, we want to kill him, right? But that's, that's, that was the attitude toward Joseph. And of course, Reuben comes along and he says, hey, no, we, don't, we shouldn't kill him. He's our brother. Let's just, let's just throw him in a pit. So Joseph comes along and they grab him and they, they throw him in the pit. They take that coat that his father had given him. They rip it up and they pour blood on it. They're going to make it look like some animal has, has killed him. And, and then they, they stand around talking. What are we going to do with him now? Right? I mean, we just can't let him go. I mean, he's heard us talk about killing him and, and now we've... we've Taking him, he's thrown him in a pit, you know, we can't let him go. And, and all of a sudden they see these Midianites, uh, this caravan going by and they say, hey, well, let's, let's sell him. Let's make a profit off of him. <laughs> Great brothers, right? I hope nobody's ever said that about me either. Let's make a profit off of that guy, you know? I mean, let's make some money off of him. And so they, they sell him. And, and imagine Joseph is in the pit here and he's hearing this whole conversation with his brothers. You don't think he was a little hurt? You don't think he felt betrayed? Here, these are his brothers, and they're talking about killing him. They're talking about selling him. How much are we going to sell him for? They hear the deal being made between him and the, the, the brothers and the Ishmaelites and, and how much they sold him for, and now he's, he's taken and, and either put in chains or bound, and, and all of a sudden he's being led away. You don't think as his brothers were laughing and mocking, hey, how about, how about your dreams now, dreamer? What do you think about that now, son? You don't think maybe he was feeling a little hurt, a little betrayed? He gets down to Egypt. He's sold into to Potiphar's house. And guess what happens there in Potiphar's house? Potiphar's wife lies about him. He hasn't done anything wrong. She lies simply to cover up a sin that, that she had tried to commit. His brothers sold him because they were jealous. Potiphar's wife lies about him because of some sin she was trying to cover. And then he's put in the king's, in the king's dungeon. And then the, the butler, the, the, the baker and the butler were put in jail. And they have dreams. And Joseph interprets their dreams. And he says, hey, baker, I'm sorry, but uh, in a couple days you're going to die. But butler, hey, guess what? You're going to be raised back up. And the king's going to put you back into the position. And the butler's like, man, this is great. And uh, Joseph says, hey, when you get out, remember me. Don't forget about me. So the butler gets out. What's he do? Forgets about Joseph. Maybe Joseph thought, well, you know, maybe it's not the right time. A week goes by. It hasn't been the right time. A month goes by. What's going on? Six months goes by. A year goes by. This guy's totally forgotten him. Two years go by. He hasn't heard anything. You think Joseph felt a little hurt? You think he felt a little betrayed? Paul was hurt deeply. In Acts, the Bible talks about when John Mark, when they're going out on a missionary journey, John Mark quits, leaves the, the ministry, goes back. It caused such hurt in, in Paul that later when Barnabas says, hey, let's take John Mark again, Paul says, no, no way. I'm not going to take him again. He, man, he quit before. I'm not going to go through that hurt again. I'm not going to go through that betrayal again. He was hurt by Alexander the coppersmith in 2 Timothy chapter 4 when he was speaking against Paul and against the preaching of the word of God. 
What about Uriah? Uriah. Betrayed by his friend and king. Which ended up leading to his death. All because David was trying to cover a sin. I mean, this was his friend. This was one of David's mighty men. This was a a man that had put his life on the line for his king. He was a friend and this was his king. And David betrays him. And he dies. What about Abel? Betrayed by his brother because he was jealous that God accepted his sacrifice? What about Hosea? Betrayed by his wife Gomer because of her selfish desire to want to live in, 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 um, in pleasure and worldliness. Samson betrayed by Delilah for money. Philemon was betrayed by the servant Onesimus. And we could go on and on and on all throughout scripture. You know what you're going to find? You're going to find people that hurt. You're going to find people that are betrayed all throughout scripture. And if I was to say this morning, and and please don't do this, but if I was to say, how many of you have ever felt hurt and been betrayed in your life? I guarantee you, every single hand would be raised this morning. Because we've all experienced hurt. We've all experienced that betrayal. So what do we do when we've been hurt? Well, if we aren't careful, our hurt can turn into anger and bitterness which really is what happens in so many cases. Our hurt just leads to anger, it leads to bitterness, and it's interesting because I heard one person say it like this, bitterness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. It doesn't do you any good. Oh, we want to hold on to that bitterness, we want to hold on to that anger, we want to hold on to that resentment toward that person, but that never does us any good. It doesn't do anything good for us. In fact, it actually destroys us. It does more harm to us. So what do we do when we've been hurt? I believe as we'll look at both the life of Joseph and even David and Psalms here, chapter 55, we'll find some things that that God says that we can do to be able to get victory over our hurt and to let Jesus be greater than our hurt. Notice, first of all, in Psalm chapter 55, in verse number 22, Notice what he says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. You know, the first thing we need to do when we are hurt, when we are betrayed, we need to give our hurt to God. Give your hurt over to God. Why? Because our natural, our natural response is to want to strike out. Our natural response is to want to, to get even, is to want to do harm to the one who has caused us hurt. But in 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9, we're told not to repay evil with evil. In fact, he says, not rendering evil for evil or railing for railing, but contrarywise blessing, knowing that ye are thereunto and called that ye should inherit a blessing. He says, so instead of trying to get even, he says, we need to bless them instead. David says, we are to cast thy burden upon the Lord. We need to give our hurt to God. We have to be careful. That we don't go to others, just make a gossip session out of what this person has done to us. And again, that's kind of a natural thing. We we want to tell others how we've been hurt, right? 
We, we want to go and we want to tell those that we think maybe care about us and, and we want to tell them this is how I've been hurt and this is what happens to me. And, and what happens though is this is actually gossip because the Bible says, of course, as Christians, if you have something against a brother, you're supposed to go to that person. But yet instead of going to that person and talking about it, we begin to talk about it to everybody else and we, we talk about this to everybody else and what, what are we trying to get? We're trying to get their pity we're trying to get them to feel sorry for us, right? Because, of course, we've never hurt anybody, and we've never done anything wrong. And so for this person hurting us, this is just, I mean, how could they do this? And so we want to tell everybody else because we want them to feel bad for us. Come on. We've all been there. We've all done it. Don't look at me like, oh, I've never done that, right? No, we've all done that. We've all, we all do it. Because that's, that's the natural tendency. We, we can easily manipulate the feelings of those around us to get compassion, to try to get pity. And if we aren't careful, we begin to dwell on what was done to us and even trying to, to nurse that along to satisfy our own self-righteousness. We, we don't want to let it go. We want to just keep holding on to it and we want to bring it back up. And, and remember what that person did to us and we get back into our self-pity party and, and remember what that person did to us and, and we want people to feel bad for us again. And, and it's all about us. You say, Pastor, you've just never been hurt. You're a pastor. You don't get hurt. This is one of the hardest messages I've ever had to preach. If you think a pastor doesn't get hurt, (laughs) you have no idea what you're talking about. We want to hold on to it. We want others to feel sorry for us. We don't want to let it go. But watch what he says. Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Can I, can I say this, this morning? It's not wrong to want to vent. We all want to vent, right? We all want to tell somebody about it. We all want to talk about it because we've been hurt. We've been betrayed, and we, we need to tell somebody. We, we, we've got to get it out, or it's just going to fester in things. And so it is, it is okay to vent. It's okay to want to get it out. But here's the thing. We've got to get it out to the right person. Because here's the thing. All of those people that you want to get it out to, none of them can help you. None of them can bring healing. So why do we go to them? Because we want pity. We don't want healing, we want compassion, and we want people to feel sorry for us, and so we go to them. But here's the thing, the Lord is the only one that can bring healing to us. He's the only one that can truly heal that brokenness that we're experiencing. They cannot. And this is why he says, cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Think about what's going on here. Let's read the first few verses in verse number, chapter, Psalm chapter 55. Give ear to my prayer, O God, and hide not thyself from my supplication. Attend unto me and hear me. I mourn in my complaint and make a noise because of the voice of the enemy, because of the oppression of the wicked, for they cast iniquity upon me, and in wrath they hate me. So think about what he's saying. He's crying out to God, God, I'm calling out to you. I'm, 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 in, I'm hurting. I've been betrayed. 
God, I, I'm, I'm hurt, and, and God, I'm calling out to you. You say, well, you know, this, this was easy for, for David because this was an enemy. No, no, notice who it was that had done this to him. Notice in verse number 12. For it was not an enemy that reproached me. Then could I have borne it. Neither was it he that hated me that did magnify himself against me. Then I would have hid myself from him. But it was thou, a man mine equal, my guide and my acquaintance. We took sweet counsel together and walked unto the house of God in company. He says this was someone that was close to him. This was someone that, hey, they had even walked together to the house of God. They had worshipped God together. This was someone that had said, hey, we, we, are, we are together in the cause of, of, of God. This was someone that David says, they were close to me. He said, if it was an enemy, it'd be easy. If it was someone that hated me, I could just brush it off. But this was somebody that was close. Ever felt that before? Somebody close? Again, maybe a family member? Maybe a, maybe a co-worker? Maybe somebody that you really thought was a friend? Or again... Somebody at church? David says, we worshiped God together. And it was this one. This was the one who betrayed me. This was the one who hurt me. And he says, I'm crying out, I'm mourning. My heart is sore pained within me. The terrors of death are fallen upon me. Fearfulness and trembling are come upon me and horror hath overwhelmed me. And I said, oh, that I had wings like a dove for then I would fly away and be at rest. You ever thought like that, like David? Man, if I could just get away from all of this, everything would be okay. If I could just go to another place or find somewhere else to live or or get away from this whole situation, then everything would be fine. You know what you're gonna find? No matter where you go, guess what you're gonna find? There's going to be hurt. There's going to be betrayal. Oh, yeah, you might be able to leave one situation and go to somewhere else, but guess what you're going to find? It's going to happen there too. And David said, if it were possible, I could just fly away and be done with it. But he couldn't. Lo, then I would wander far off and remain in the wilderness. I would hasten my escape from the windy storm and tempest. David said, if there was anything I could do to get away from it, I would. But I can't. Ever been like that? I'm just hurting so bad. If I could just get away from it all. Now, friend, that's not the answer. The answer isn't getting away from it all. The answer isn't going and telling everybody else about it. No, no. The answer, he says, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. David was betrayed by somebody very close to him. But instead of plotting revenge and trying to get even, and by the way, it had been very easy for David to do this. He's the king. It been very easy for David just to say, hey, you know what? So, guys, go out and get him. Kill him. Just do away with him. It been very easy for David to do that. But he didn't. He didn't plot his revenge. He didn't try to get even with him. He just said, God, I'm going to leave it with you. And may I say, this is where it becomes very hard for us. Because we will take it to God. And we will tell God, just like David did, God, this person hurt me. This person betrayed me. God, I'm feeling really low and I'm feeling hurt and I'm feeling broken. And and this person has hurt me and betrayed me. But then what do we do? When we leave the presence of God, we take the hurt with us. We don't let it go. We keep keep it with us. We walk around with it. No, God says, hey, cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain. Give it to God. Leave it to God. 
Give it to him and just leave it with him. But our flesh doesn't like that. Our flesh wants to say, hey, I remember what they did, and I'm going to find a way to get even. I remember what they did, and I'm going to find a way to get back at them. No, 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 no. See, you're, you're still carrying around that hurt. You're still carrying around that betrayal. Because even if you could get even with them, even if you could do something to them, it's still not going to heal it. It's not going to heal it. Because only God can heal it. Only God can heal it. We have to take it to the Lord, and we have to leave it with him have to leave it with him give your hurt to god number two may i say not only do we need to give our hurt to god but we need to forgive as christ forgave notice i just didn't say forgive we need to forgive as christ forgave you see our way of forgiving is oh i forgive you but we still carry it around still I forgive you, but I still know what you did, and I'm going to make sure that somehow I'm going to get even with you. That's, that's not forgiving as Christ forgave. Those are just words. We have to forgive as Christ forgave. When we've been hurt or betrayed, the idea of forgiving that person can be very hard for us to think about. But yet, forgiveness is an important part of our spiritual growth. It's an important part of moving forward and becoming stronger than we were before for God. When Jesus, or when, when, when Stephen was being stoned to death and in the book of Acts and Stephen was being stoned simply for preaching the gospel, all he did was preach the gospel. He just said the word of God. That's all he did. And they took stones and they were going to stone Stephen. And yet what did he do as they're stoning him? Did he say, God, get even with them? God, make sure you get them for this. No, what did he say? Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. He was willing to forgive as Christ had forgiven him. These people are murdering him. And he said, Father, would you forgive them? What did Jesus do on the cross? As they were nailing those nails into his hands and into his feet and that spear was run through his side and that crown of thorns had been placed on his back and the cat of nine tails had been whipped 40 times across his, uh, across his back and, and, and stomach and things. What, what, what did Jesus do when, when he was on the cross and he saw the, the thieves reviling him and, and, and those that were, that were down before spitting upon him and laughing at him and mocking them? Did he say, hey, God, get even with them. By the way, it would have been easy for Jesus to do that. Just snap his finger, it would have been done. But instead, what does he say? Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. One man said it this way, Grace is only grace if it goes both ways. Receiving it from God, but refusing to give it to others is not an option. Is if I'm willing to receive the grace from God, again, that unmerited favor, I'm saying, God, yes, I accept your grace, but I will not give it to anybody else. <laughs> what are we saying? God, I don't care what you've done to me. I don't care what you've done for me, but I'm not going to do this for him. It's like the passage that we read about the parable that Jesus says about the, 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 the stewards that came and, and there were two stewards that owed money and one owed a, uh, owed a great amount. And the, the Lord said, hey, I'm going to forgive you of that amount. And, and that man that was owed a great amount went out and fa- found somebody that owed him just a small amount. And he would not forgive him. He said, wait a minute, you've been forgiven this great amount. How could you not forgive somebody this little amount? 
You say, but preacher, you don't understand what this person has done to me. You don't understand how hurt I've been, how betrayed I felt. Do you understand what you did to Jesus? Do we understand that our sin is what put him on the cross? It's not because we're good people. It's because we're sinners and every one of our sins was taken upon the cross when he died for us. And he was willing to show that grace. And we can't show grace to someone who has offended us or someone who has hurt us or betrayed us. You say, preacher, you're making it sound easy. No, it's not easy. I understand that. It's not easy. But it's what God wants us to do. It's not easy. And that's why we need to go to him first. Because if I'm not willing to take it to him, it's going to be very hard to forgive as Christ forgave me. I've got to take it to him. I've got to leave it with him. And then he's able to sustain me. He's able to give me the grace that I need to be able to forgive others. Some of you may have heard of a woman by the name of Corey Ten Boom. Corey Ten Boom lived in, in Europe and she was, her and her family tried to help to rescue Jews during the Holocaust. They would hide Jews and, and try to, to get them out of the country. Eventually the, the Nazis found what they were doing and they took Corey and her mom and dad and uh, her family and her sisters and, and they put them in concentration camps even though they were not Jews but because they were helping the Jews. And Corey watched as her mother and father were murdered. And Corey watched as her sister was in the concentration camp with her and, and, and all that they went through and his sister dies in the concentration camp. And finally one day, Corey, they, they, they're freed from the concentration camp and Corey begins to, to go around Europe and to go around uh, the different countries talking about what had happened to her and how God had freed her and, and even speaking on forgiveness. One day she was in a meeting and she was speaking and she saw a man sitting toward the back and she recognized who the man was immediately. She recognized that this had been one of the guards at the concentration camp that she had been in. And when she saw this man, every single thing that had happened in that concentration camp came back to her mind. All the atrocities that had been done, her death of her mom and dad, the death of her sister, everything that had been done and all of these things, all of that came back to her mind. And she said, God, asked her one question. You're speaking on forgiveness. Will you forgive? And friend, I can't, I can't tell you what I would have done in her situation knowing everything that happened to her and, and, and took place to her and to her family, I can't tell you what I would have done, but this is what she said. Forgiveness is the key that unlocks the door of resentment and the handcuffs of hatred. It is the power that breaks the chains of bitterness and the shackles of selfishness. And after she spoke that night, that man came up to her and she, he said, you may not remember me. She said, I know who you are. And she said, I just want you to know, I forgive you. Friend, are we willing to forgive as Christ forgave us? Well, you don't understand, preacher. You're right. I don't understand what you've been through and you don't understand what I've been through. But Jesus says we're 
to forgive. And yet he even goes a step farther. In Matthew chapter 5 and verse number 44, Jesus says, But I say unto you, love your enemies. So we're not just to forgive them, we are to love them. And he says, to bless them that curse you and do good to them that hate you and pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you. You say, preacher, I can't do that. You can't. But God can. And that's why you have to take it to God first. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. If we'll be willing to go to God first, then we can forgive as Christ forgave. This is why Jesus was able to forgive Peter and Judas and you and me. Because his faithfulness did not depend on what someone else did. He was going to stay true to the Father's will no matter what. Why does he say to love your enemies, bless them, pray for them, do good to them? Because in the very next verse, he says that ye may be the children of your Father, which is in heaven. He says, just as your Father was willing to forgive you, he says, I want you to be the children of your Father. Just as a child mimics and follows what their father does, he says, hey, I've set the example, I have forgiven you. Now, as a child of the father, I want you to forgive them. Are we willing to go to God first? Are we willing to forgive as Christ forgave? But may I say thirdly, we must trust God through it all. We must trust God through it all. Remember the, we were talking about with Joseph. Joseph, hated by his brothers. They wanted to kill him. They sold him. Lied about by Potiphar's wife. Forgotten about by the butler. But yet through it all, Joseph simply trusted God through all the hurt that he endured. It would have been very easy for Joseph to have get, gotten bitter. And as he's, as he's being led away by the Ishmaelites and hearing his brothers laughing and mocking, it would have been very easy for, for Joseph to say, God, why did you allow this to happen? And, and God, I, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to serve you anymore. And God, I hate you because of this. And, and you don't understand the hurt that I'm going through. But what happened instead? Joseph doesn't have that attitude. Joseph just trusts God. You say, how do you know that? Because when he got and he was sold in Egypt to Potiphar's house, you know what Potiphar said? The Lord is with this man. There was no bitterness. There was no anger. There was no hatred. There was no ferocity. There was simply a young man that said, Lord, I don't understand it. And yes, I'm hurt, but I'm just going to trust you through it all. And he kept doing what he knew he was supposed to do. And Potiphar said, the Lord is with this man. And then his own wife lies about Joseph. Potiphar's wife lies about Joseph and he's thrown into the dungeon. And guess what happens? Even in the dungeon, he could have said, God, you know, everything was going well. I had a good job and and, and things were going well. Potiphar really liked me. And then his wife comes along and lies about me. God, I don't understand it. It would have been very easy for him to get angry and become bitter. But again, he just trusts God through it. What happens? Even in prison, what do they say? The Lord is with this man. And God blessed everything that he did. 
You see, here's the thing that we don't understand. We think this is just for now. This hurt is for now, and, and, and it hurts, and it's betrayal, and, and why would God allow that? But here's the thing, folks. If God, if Joseph would not have trusted God through the selling uh, 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 into slavery, if he would not have trusted God through, through the lying of Potiphar's wife, if he would not have trusted God through being forgotten by his friend, he never would have become second in command in Egypt. It was only through those things that God was able to lead him to where he needed to be so that he could, God could raise him up to become second in all of Egypt. The world empire at the time, Joseph is second in it. Why? Because he trusted God through it all. You say, did he not hurt? Oh, he hurt. Did he not feel betrayed? You better believe it. He felt betrayed. He felt hurt. But he took it to God. He was willing to forgive as Christ forgave and just trusted God through it all. Can you imagine that day as Joseph is, Joseph is sitting there on his throne and there's ten guys that walk in through the back door there. Oh, I know who those guys are. Those are my brothers. Those are the ones that sold me. Now let me ask you what you would do. Come on. Huh. Let's see. Let's see how they like it. Let's see if they enjoy everything that I went through. And we would bring back, there's no doubt in my mind, as soon as those men walked through that door, every single thing that they had said and every single thing that they had done came back to Joseph's mind. But instead, what does Joseph say? He says, you know, you thought evil against me. But God, God meant it unto good. Joseph didn't raise one hand to try to get even with them. Joseph didn't allow his bitterness to take control. He simply forgave them. And he understood that God was working through this whole thing. Are we willing to trust God through it? If Joseph wouldn't have been faithful to God and endured the hurt from his family, from his employer, from his friend, he never would have been where God wanted him to be. Do you understand that God is trying even through the hurt? And yes, it doesn't feel good. It's hurt. We feel betrayed. We feel violated. Even through that, God says, hey, I just want you to know I'm still here. And I know what you're going through. And I'm going to take that and I'm going to make something good out of it if you'll just trust me. If you'll just trust me, I can turn what you think is bad and horrible. I can take that and I can turn it into something good. But you've got to be willing to trust me through the hard times. It's easy to trust God when everything is good. But are we willing to trust him when it hurts? Are we willing to trust him when we feel betrayed? Are we willing to trust him when we can't see what he's trying to do? But simply to say, God, I trust you. I don't know what you're doing. But I'm just going to trust you through it all. He says, cast thy burden Upon the Lord, 
and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. But thou, O God, shalt bring them down into the pit of destruction. Bloody and deceitful men shall not live out half their days, but I will trust in thee. Are you willing to trust him? God says, David says, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm not going to seek revenge. I'm going to leave that to you. I'm just going to bring it to you. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to trust you. Friend, what will you do with your hurt? Because every one of us has hurt. Every one of us will go through hurt again. There's no, there's no escaping it. It could be family, friends, a coworker. What will you do with your hurt? Will you dwell on it and allow it to make you bitter? Or will you allow God to work through that and make you and bring you to where he wants you to be? For his glory. You see Jesus is greater. Than our hurts. If we'll trust him. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed this morning. No one looking about. Friend I don't know what you're going through. There's no way that I can know what's happening in every person's life in here. I can only know what's going on in my life. But I know. I know you've been through a hurt. You're going through a hurt. Or you're going to be hurt. What will you do with it? Right now, maybe some of you are going through a hurt. You've been hurt. You're going through it right now. You're battling with that. What are you going to do with it? You say, I've taken it to God. Good. Did you leave it with God? Leaving it with God isn't just a one-time thing. We have to go back and leave it with him over and over and over because we want to take it back every day. We want to take it back every single day. That's our flesh. We have to leave it with him. Are you willing to forgive as Christ forgave? Are you willing to trust God through it all? Friend, I don't know what God is doing in your heart this morning. But I know every one of us battles hurt and betrayal. What will we do with it? Maybe you're here this morning, you say, Pastor, I'm I'm not even sure if I'm saved. I I don't even know if I died today, if I would go to heaven. I, I don't even know that. If you're here this morning, that is the most important thing you can ever know. To know Jesus Christ as your Savior. Can I tell you, friend, he died for you. Even though you hurt him with your sin and I hurt him with my sin, he died on the cross for you. He loves you. He wants to forgive you of your sin. But you have to be willing to come to him. Maybe there's someone this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. 
I need to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you out. But friend, I would like to pray for you this morning. If there's someone here this morning, you say, Pastor, that's me. I'm not sure if I'm saved. Would you just slip up your hand this morning so I can pray for you? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Just put it right back down. Pastor, would you pray for me? And Christian, what are you going to do with your hurt? Are you going to let it fester inside? Are you going to let it make you bitter? Are you going to let it make you angry? It's not going to help. It's not going to bring healing. Will you bring it to the Lord? Cast thy burden upon the Lord, and he shall sustain thee. Father, I pray that you'd work in our hearts this morning. Lord, I don't know what any person here other than myself is going through. God, I know it's not easy to let go of our hurts. God, I pray that we'll look to you and bring our hurts to you and leave them with you. We would forgive as you have forgiven us and trust you that you can take that hurt and turn it into good. Father, would you work in our hearts this morning? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's all stand.